Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, they messed up big time. They knew what they did wrong because they tried to hide from God. God said you can eat from any tree in the garden except for one. God put them in a perfect place to daily have communion and fellowship with God. God gave them one command to follow. God was not unclear what would happen if they disobeyed. They will die. No more perfect unity with God. And if you break that one rule, that one command, everything will change. One rule. My wife must give me a list of 55 rules. She's not here today, so I can say that. <laughs> but one rule. And they couldn't keep it. The serpent comes and says, Did God really say? In fact, if you do, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. I mean, who would want to be like God? I bet some of us in here have thought maybe that at times. I wish I had the mind and the power, or maybe just the mind of God. But who wouldn't want to be? And then there's another question. Why would God give us a rule if he really loved us? Now they're filled with shame and with guilt and with fear because they knew what followed. God comes that day and he did not find them in the place where he usually finds Adam and Eve. Now, I'm taking some liberty there because the text does say that, you know, they, Adam and Eve daily walked with God. But something was wrong that day. God did not find them. And so he calls out, You see, Adam and Eve did what we all do. When God confronted Adam, what was his excuse? Who was responsible? Both. 
Yes, I know the text says the woman you gave to me. But I say both because this is where we get the institution of marriage. Because there was no suitable helpmate for Adam. So God created Eve. And the command was given to Adam first to not eat of the fruit of the tree. And if Adam was a good husband, he should have warned Eve. He should, she, he should have stopped her. But that did not happen. You see, when they ate the fruit, I think right then and there, they admitted privately and before God publicly that they sinned. But it's easy for us to sit back and say, well, Adam and Eve, you guys had everything. God provided everything for you. Why would you disobey? Why didn't you just run away from the serpent? I mean, it's easy for us to put our shoes in the place of Adam and Eve. But yet, I can guarantee, if you or I were in that garden, the results would have been the same. Because Satan is tricky. Did God really say? I know it would be the same. Because we have the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. See, God knew that there are many things in this life that's going to tempt us. And I know without you telling me that you have failed. And you have failed miserably. It may not be the fruit, but yet Satan has his bag of tricks. The lies that we tell, a deception, hunger for thirst. Think of ourselves as number one, self-centeredness. If you want to make it in this life, you need to take care of number one. You see, Satan has his tricks, and he will do anything to tear you apart from him. You see, the only power that Adam and Eve did not have was to be like God. So what's it for you? What's the temptation again that Satan holds out before you? I know I just asked you that, but I want to ask it again because it's something real. It's something that we face on a daily basis, and we need to think about that on a daily basis. And then, like Parker, he gave some great answers 
when we are tempted with the help of the Spirit, we try to eliminate that temptation, to think about something else. Satan works in the same way today. He can make things sound so good. That very first taste, or that very first transgression that or temptation you get yourself into, boy, that is so sweet. But then it turns sour. What have I done? And then it brings guilt and shame. And I think our first inclination is just like Adam and Eve is to run from God. And how do we run from God? We don't admit that we have transgressed against God. We act as though, oh, God didn't see it. God's up there. But let me tell you, God sees Everything. I don't know about you, but that's the scary part. And yes, one day you and I will have to face our maker and to give an account of the things that we have done. Sure, they're forgiven. We go to him in, the, in contrite hearts and he forgives us. We're still going to have to, before him, give an account. Does that scare you? I don't know about you, but I can't remember what did last week or last month. You're going to have to stand before God and account for 65, 55, 25, 18, 9 years. But yet he's going to see all of that the lens because you asked for forgiveness. Adam and Eve hid and they knew that there was nothing that they could do to get out of their predicament. It was too late. Do you know what the very first killing of the Bible? I ask my confirmation kids at times like this and they say, um, Oh, my mind is going. Yes. But it's actually the killing of the animals to make coverings, to hide that they were naked. So what does this have to do with us today? What can we take home from this? Notice when God enters the scene, he calls out for Adam. I find that interesting because if God's omniscient, he should have known where Adam was. But yet, he still calls out to his child as of a way of Roy, 
I know what you've done. I know you're hiding. I know where you are. Come to me. You see, God comes to us in gentleness, in mercy, in love, even though he knows what has happened. And notice when he confronts Adam, he does not scream at him. He doesn't get one of these angry tirades but he comes in love and concern, in gentleness. Notice now, God does not speak to them first. He speaks to Satan first. And in our text, the very last verse says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. This is the very first gospel promise in Scripture. That Jesus will crush Satan. That death will be defeated. And because death has been defeated, we as his brothers and sisters know that we can walk in his power and his grace every day. And he has given us the tools that when we are tempted, that we can take a step back. Now I'm not going to say every time that's going to happen, but yet he has still given us the tools. And when we fail, we have the gift of the forgiveness of sins. You know, Jesus just wasn't tempted three times. You know, in our gospel lesson, we heard that he was tempted three times. Actually, I think he was tempted for 33 years. So long he lived. It's a lot of temptation. When Christ called out on the cross, it is finished. The head of Satan was crushed. For all the times that you have been defeated, remember Christ died so that you are forgiven. You know, the cross may look like defeat to many, but it's actually a sign of victory. You know, it's interesting. The devil used a tree to lead our first parents into temptation. Interesting that God used a tree to give victory over Satan and death. And so, brothers and sisters, know every day when you are defeated, or you feel like you're defeated, you feel you like you have this guilt and shame hanging on your shoulders, remember the power of the cross. Because as there, we find the forgiveness of sins. That Christ won, not Satan.
who gives us the power to live our lives in the wilderness. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. We now stand, and today, instead of the creed, we're going to look at the third article from the...